If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. What a pleasure having our girl Krista and Lindsay in the studio. Always uh, fun with them. Yeah. I, you know, probably... And I think I've said this before a couple of times, but I feel like of ever everyone that I've said this about, I think they for sure are the most closely resemble the female version kind of of mind pump. Just the, they just got some the, flavor. Yeah, the flavor, the the chemistry that they have, the conversations are and, hilarious. And the topics they tend to they tend to kind of this broad stroke of health and wellness and fashion and 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 they get into business a little bit and so they they tend to be similar in that fashion i think and then i i love that uh they they have great senses of humor so we can talk oh, yeah. we can have uh, dirty jokes inside the episode yeah, and they, that is refreshing they uh, la- laugh with uh, us all these girls are hilarious um and we, we we love every time we do a podcast with them we enjoy and if you haven't heard of them yet pretty sure you're going to want to check out their podcast after listening to this interview um, because you'll just hear they're 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 very entertaining um, and very insightful um, the podcast that they host is almost it's called the almost 30 podcast although although it's funny they're they're over 30 now yeah. so they, they laugh they said <laughs> that they have to change the name at some point um, you can find them on Instagram at almost 30 podcast their names are Krista Williams and Lindsay Simic uh, uh, again uh, did I say her last name right I think I did um, and their website is almost30podcast.com. Now, before we get into the episode, reminding everybody, MAPS Strong, one of our most effective muscle-building, metabolism-boosting workouts ever, and fun, because it is different, is 50% off. So here's what you do. Go to mapsstrong.com, M-A-P-S-S-T-R-O-N-G.com, and use the code STRONG50, S-T-R-O-N-G-5-0, no space, for that discount. This promotion will end this month and this program will not go on sale again for a very, very long time. So you definitely want to take advantage of that. And that's it. So here we are talking to two of our favorite female podcasters in the space, uh, the girls from Almost 30 Podcast. Tell us about your guys' tour. I want to hear all about this tour that you guys are doing. What are these like? What are you guys doing at these? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so we went out last year um, on tour in 2018, and we just, this is kind of like the story of Almost 30, where we have an idea, or our community kind of gives us an idea by asking us, and we're like, all right, let's just do it. So we just do it. And, you know, we didn't know what it was going to be like, but we oversold every tour stop in 2018. Wow, So it was super successful. And so this year we decided, you know, our, our main objective this year is just growth and, and reaching more people and meeting more people. And um, so we're deciding to go international. So we're going to London and Australia in addition to a bunch of, you know, d- more domestic tour stops that we haven't been to yet. And the value of it is just like it, it's so far beyond just getting more listeners. Right. Like to be able to meet people in person, to have that one on one connection. Yes, it does take time. It does take energy. But like it's our differentiator in what we do. And um, people really appreciate it and they feel seen and they feel heard. Mm. And, you know, it's a lot for us and it's mm-hmm. not necessarily how we're making all of our big bucks, but like it's worth it. How, yeah. now, how are they organized? How are they set up? Are they just live Q and A's or do you guys right. do like a live show in front of your, your audience? Yeah. So we'll do a different like setup and a different guest and a different 
you know, schedule per city. So it's like a different, you know, some city in Miami, we're going to Miami, Florida, is going to need to hear a different message or is interested in a different thing than you know, someplace in Seattle. So it's like, we'll go with like the trending topic and then just find like a speaker or a guest that we've had on the podcast and we'll bring them there. But Mm. most of the time, the format's kind of the same. Lindsay and I will open and talk about like what we're working on, you know, something that's relevant to us at the time. And then we'll have our speaker or guest and then we'll close with like a Q and A. We do live shows too. We're going to do those as well at like big theaters, but the smaller events that we do in the cities is more like intimate conversations with people. Have you guys Guys done the live shows yet? No. So our Not first yet. live show is actually we want you guys to come. Um, San Francisco, July twenty seventh at the Independent. Oh, awesome! Yeah, nice. have and you guys been there? Yeah, I've been there. It's really? cool. Yeah, yeah. They do like little small concerts and yeah. stuff, and then they're really cool. Yeah. I saw. Um, God, what is her name right now? I can't think. Uh, I introduced you guys to her. The one, the girl that plays uh, like seven different instruments. She's badass. Oh. From Australia is where she's originally from. I found her when she was like. Oh, no, a, I love she's her. She's like a YouTube phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. she does. Um, God, I can't think of her name right now. Tosh? Yes. Tosh. Tosh yeah, is yeah. number one. So she's badass. It's actually good. a crime that she's not really going to more cities. Tosh Sultana. I'll yes. Yeah. Tosh Sultana. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Dude, she's the shit. She's badass. She's beautiful, yeah. too. And she, beautiful. and so I found her she like. Four, four or five years ago when she was like super underground and, and uh, my brother-in-law turned me on to her and I was like, oh, this is badass. And then we went and saw her there. And so it was like 50 people there. Really? Yeah, it was super intimate. It was, uh, yeah, yeah it's like, like I said, when she was, was super small time, nobody wow. knew who she was. And, but. and these are going to be like a like a podcast? Like you're yeah. going to do like an interview or just the two of you? Yeah. Or how's that going to work? Podcast. Yeah, so we want we want to kind of mirror how we do things on the podcast. So um you know, and again, we're kind of just experimenting as we go along, but opening up with Krista and I and how we do our intros, which is kind of a, you know, 15, 20 minute catch up, what's going on with us, funny, interacting with the crowd, and then we'll bring on our guests. So mm. in San Francisco, we have Lacey Phillips coming on. So it's going to be all about manifestation, uh, shadow work, um, reprogramming reprogramming your subconscious she's really she's amazing and we've done a couple events with her so that's no, awesome we've because we've done some some of these live q a's ourselves, yeah. and i was surprised at how uh, nervous they made me I, I, I didn't realize that i would be nervous in front of and i couldn't figure out why because i've spoken to so many people in so many groups in the past and i think it's because these I, these people know me but I don't know them. So it yeah. felt, did you, did you guys experience 100%. anything like that? Yeah. It's, it all, it, it surprises me every day. Like someone will be like, Oh yeah, you, you know, had this happen to you. And it's, and they'll say something that I've shared that I don't remember or that I've felt like, cause on the podcast, you guys are the same. Like I, it's just me and Lindsay or it's just me and a guest. I'll be very personal and I'll be very open, sure. but I forget people are listening. So people will come up to me and be like, I know you have like body image issues or whatever. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, oh, fuck, I said that. Or like, I'll say stuff about my family and they'll be like, I know you and your mom have a weird relationship and I feel I like I relate to you. I'm like, what? You know, because I would never like at a dinner of 12 people be like, hey, guys, I want to tell you about, you my know, mom. my mom. <laughs> I would never, ever yeah. do that. So it seriously surprises me. And it's like and I my thing, too, is like I always want to feel like I reciprocate the energy people give me. Mm. So literally, if someone comes up to me, I'll talk to them for four hours and they will be like, I got to go. Like, yeah. you're freaking me. Yeah. Out because I just want to like make them feel like 
because I, I appreciate it so much and mm-hmm. I'm so like Midwest in that way where I just feel so grateful of like anyone that listens that I just want to like connect with them so much you know what I mean mm-hmm. right right now we, mm-hmm. when we came and saw you guys that was what a year and a half now or was it yeah. oh, was it a year and a half or more was it longer it might have been more might have been almost two that's years crazy. Yeah. yeah do you remember how far along you guys were because you guys were relatively new when we came by uh-huh. we were too we, we, hadn't, yeah. we hadn't been doing it that much longer you've been doing I mean but you ha- you guys were think, big yeah you guys yeah, were bigger yeah, yeah, we, yeah, were, sure. we were nervous I know I know <laughs> No, it was um yeah, we were maybe just starting the the tour in yeah. 2018 or something like that. It was that. R- shortly after shortly you guys after. were planning the tour cuz I remember we had left and then I saw you guys were doing that. I was like, "Oh, Aww. cool. The girls are killing it, dude. They're off in tour now yeah. already." So I remember seeing that come up. What I wanted to ask you was this journey now. I mean, where you guys are at, you guys have continued to grow and blow up. I see you all over the place. What are some of the things that you guys have learned in this space like since then? Mm. Um I mean, just bringing back to the community for a second, it's like, it's everything, you know, and it's not about Krista and I. I think you can go into a a, starting a business like this where we are technically the face of the brand and spend a lot of time and energy thinking about that, about us and how we look and and how people see us. And it's been such a relief to kind of, yes, of course, we have like branding and photo shoots that we need to do for certain things, but that's not the focus. And to really, anytime we feel like, okay, what do we do next? Or we're feeling a little bit uninspired, we go immediately to the community. So whether it's our secret Facebook group or, you know, our DMs, quite literally, or our emails, like, what do people want to hear? What are they talking about? Like, how can we make them feel more supported? Um, And that's kind of how our ambassador program was born recently. So we had people who were like, hey, we want you to come on tour to this city. And we're trying, you know, to go to as many cities as possible, but we couldn't. So we wanted to empower them and inspire them to create community where they are. Mm-hmm. So we have we have 70 ambassadors all over the world. Shara here is actually the ambassador lead for all of them. And, um, you know, they have events every month, whether it's a yoga class, a community service centered event. Um, we had a group of like 15 women in Minnesota go help this one girl move out of her house because she needed help. That's and they cool. had like that's a day cool. doing that that's together. So you know, it's just like, and that's, that's the thing. So, you know, it's, it's not all about us and it doesn't always have to be on us. Mm. We can kind of let the community inspire what we do next. Mm. Yeah. So you feel like it's gotten more intimate since you guys started doing the live tour with your audience. Yeah. It's like bigger and more intimate. It's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's just more like the tour is just more, and it's also more like a brand play. So it's like people that don't listen to the podcast would come to the events too, you know? So it's, Mm the growth too is like also a reason for our growth is like having a business mindset with things like in LA there's a lot of talent but a lot of people are you know we found are spiritual or you know talented or whatever but they don't have like a business mindset or like a discipline so they're not going to grow or be super successful because they're not thinking about things strategically and thinking about the long term and in that case it's like the reason why we launched your podcast pro which helps people start a podcast monetize a podcast grow a podcast so it's like seeing an opportunity there with the growth of almost 30 and where things are going and like helping to be ahead of the trend to like that podcasting is so big by creating this resource for people. Mm-hmm. So it's just really being like business minded in a lot of ways. And yeah. then just like being super disciplined and like outworking people. Now, mm-hmm. what have been some of the the growing pains since this that you guys have gone through mm-hmm. scaling the business? Yeah. I think one thing for me that I have a hard time with is like the team management. Like we have now uh, us and then 
three people or four people on our team. And I just really have a hard time with like, I don't know, like stepping into the role of a manager or of a business owner or of someone that is in that position. And we're friends with people, they're listeners, they love the show. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic to really do that and to be a manager and to like, I don't know, manage those conversations. So that's something that I, I've had a really hard time with as like a growing pain. And I have issues with trust. You know, I kind of, I understand that like if someone's working for me that they love what we're doing, that it might not be their end game. So when what we do is so important because of the ideas that we bring to the table, like you guys are so successful a lot because of the ideas that you have are different than other people's. And that's the same for us. So it's like when we're working with someone, if they were to take all the ideas that they heard about us and our business someplace else, that would be terrible. You know Mm. what I mean? So it's really hard to trust and to like grow sustainably and like learn to manage being a manager and like doing your normal job. Yeah. yeah. When, when you say trust, like how do you mean that with staff? Like to trust that they're going to do as good of a job as you would in their role? Yeah. For me, it's actually not that. Like I don't, I literally like when I give someone something, I, I don't think about it twice. Like I trust everyone to do the job. For me, it's like a trust with my ideas and like with our vision and our strategic plan. Mm. So like, or just money stuff. Like, you know, our contacts, like our contacts is a lot. You guys have so many contacts too. Like your contacts are really important. And like when we do events with people, with brands, with speakers, with all these things, if they were to take 400 contacts that we've made in the past year and go do their own thing, like they'd be really far ahead. So that kind of stuff, not just like not really doing the job, but more stuff like that. Right, right. What Now, through this process, have there been, like, what have been the moments that, or things that you've done that have really taken you guys, because I'm sure there's been a few pivotal moments mm-hmm. that have really, you've, you guys have seen big jumps. Can you guys go through, go over some of them? Yeah, I mean, just in general with expanding the team, like, just hiring and bringing people on to do things that we are either not good at or don't want to oh. do. And and granted, we're still doing things that are a little bit like, Ugh, I don't want to do this, but we do it. You know, we're still in the mud in that way. But um, it's been really intric- like to, to manage our energy in that way, to have them take on what was an energy suck has given us this space and the energy to think more creatively, to think more strategically um, because we're not like lost in the tiny little details and the emails and the daily goings on. Um, what was the first one that you guys two. gave away where you were like, oh my gosh, like this person is so much better at that. Now yeah. we're like, what was the first time? Chloe. Yeah. Chloe Leonard's been with us since the beginning, uh, almost the beginning, maybe like five months in. And she is, you know, basically creative director. So we give her, you know, our vision. We explain our vision and what we're we're looking for, say, for tour branding or whatever it is. And she just executes. And she's just a creative genius in that way. And um, we we're creative, but we can't execute yeah. on the graphic design level. She designs our website, mm-hmm. all of that, social media. Yeah. She just gets it. She's younger. Like she kind of gets. She yeah, that her, takes us to a next pulse. level because it's like for us and our brand, it's very like female focused. Mm-hmm. So like having a social media following is huge. So her growing the social media following and having it be um, like having posts where people engage on the post is silly, but it helps and it really draws other people in. And then her creating like a really beautiful website helps us get bigger brand deals, helps us get better guests because it's beautiful and people, 
you know, we are big or we are something. But like if you see some package that's beautiful and professional, you're like, wow, like you may even think we're bigger than we are. You know talk, what I mean? talk about that with social. I think that's something that uh, we have a lot of listeners that aspire to have a podcast <laughs> yeah. or build a business on Instagram or yeah. like that. What are some of the things that you would give as far as advice to that person that wants to do that and what you've learned in your guys' business? Like you, you grazed over real quick the engagement part. I think yeah. that's something that people misunderstand that, that that's far more valuable that's most the value. Yeah. Than, yeah. than having hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of people that are looking at you and just looky lose. Yeah. We I mean there's so many brands we see that like buy followers and it's like, why would someone follow Shakeology for a hundred thousand followers? <laughs> like do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. what are you posting that's valuable? So it's like badass shakes. Honestly, I'm like it's real filling. <laughs> so it's like people want to follow like an actual brand voice or someone that has something to say. So like make sure that you're being authentic. I know it's overused, but you have to be authentic in yourself. Something that really has helped us is posting memes. So we credit them. But if you post memes, it's like uh, if you saw a funny meme, even if you like the podcast or not, it's really more of a question of if you think this is funny or humorous. Mm -hmm. So if you're in our target demographic, for the most part, you're probably going to think this is humorous. Memes are taggable. Memes are shareable. People can find our account because their friends are tagging them on the meme. So that's been really helpful for us. Um, Also posting, uh, having our followers or having our um, guests share share and tag Mm -hmm. has been really helpful for us and then we repost everything that we get shared on so that is like an encouragement for them because then they'll be reposted on our account so it's really thinking about your end user and your your listener or your follower and like what are they interested in for us it's like meme accounts or beauty things wellness tips Mm -hmm. um having our guests share and repost and then just like engaging with them we respond to every dm we respond to every comment you know we're making sure that we're on top of it so that they know that we're Mm -hmm. like listening and even on our personal, I think it's really yeah. important. I've seen where like they'll tag almost 30 and Lindsay and Krista when they're sharing an episode or what have you. And the fact that, you know, we'll respond and comment more than just like an emoji. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, I never thought you would respond. And yeah. I'm sure people and I'm like, I'm like, too. I'm in bed. I'm like, yeah, sure. This is amazing. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it really for for us it it's it doesn't take a lot of time it does and it doesn't but it's the return on that is them remembering like oh my god they're yeah. engaged and they mm. reached out and they care yeah and then you know they're apt to like the next almost 30 posts every post following that and listen to the podcast. How, how about some of the, the bad ideas? I love sharing like some of the ideas oh that we have. Like, Justin comes with a bad idea I, almost every notorious. week. Notorious. <laughs> <laughs> but I own that shit. So. Dude, that's the most important. Yeah. What's, what's a bad idea? What's the most recent? Uh, I'll tell you. Well, I won't tell you the most recent, but the one that first that comes to mind is... Do you know it's bad at first okay. or do you know later? Oh, no, no, no. There's no a, I've, I've told this one many times, but I, I thought like, okay, so I heard a podcast about uh, advertisement and like how cheap it was to, to uh, you know, advertise in this one... Uh, particular platform. You're like, and so I'm doing billboards. So it was, <laughs> no, no, it was porn. Okay, so, <laughs> and I'm like, look, we're raw, we're crazy, you know, this might work. Wait, hold on, wait, clarify, what? We were going to advertise on porn ads. Then Justin walks in, let me tell you, let me tell you this. Oh, hold, on, hold on a second. Wait, wait, off, just, just hear it all the way through. Mind pump. First off, first mm-hmm. off, we all bought in. That's so what I was going to say, okay, Justin okay. walks in. I closed in. everybody on Let me idea. tell the story, because Justin's terrible yeah, at telling stories. So, <laughs> Justin walks in. Okay? I love dudes. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> Justin walks into the, the the old studio. We had a little tiny thing about a third the size of this room right here. And he comes in. He goes, I got this this great fucking idea. 
And he goes, hear me out. And he starts to explain where he's heard this. And he's like, listen, the the percent, the, 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 how much it costs per click is the lowest than anywhere else. So it's really cheap to advertise in porn. And the right. traffic on porn ads is ridiculous. On, on porn insane. sites is insane. Sure. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So and it he, works for, for a food truck company. And it works for a couple of the, obviously it doesn't apply to us. But. So he shares this with all of us. I'm actually we, not, I'm not, I'm not against it. Right. So we, we actually all go, this is, Brilliant. We go with these brilliant. And so instantly we go, okay, we all give ourselves homework. Everybody is to go home that day and come up with five ads <laughs> and return. The most raunchy ads Damn. you've ever yeah. heard. Well, like. so the challenge was this was, okay, when you're watching porn, the last thing you want to do is leave the porn and click and go somewhere else. Yeah, you're so right. So, so got to kind of look. How are we going to get their attention and how are we going to get them to click on our ad? So we came up with the most terrible <laughs> It's like pump that Like pussy. non-repeatable. <laughs> oh, 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 it's worse than that. <laughs> fill your holes with mind pump. It'd be like, like, yeah, and it was like a porn picture. It'd be like, fill your holes with mind pump or something like that. Yeah. And wow. It, it was, yeah, it was out there. Yeah. So, that was, so did you do it? We did, we, a, did. we did a yeah, few. We, yeah, we did a few. It was, uh, it was terrible. It didn't do anything. So uh, it was one of the first fails. Another one that we did uh, that, again, we thought was a brilliant idea. I think I brought this one. Like I was following um, I love to follow all the you know the Instagram butt models right so mm. I've got w- as one, you do yeah yeah oh yeah I openly share this so they uh, I've got this girl who's got like 2.5 million followers right and so I contact her and ask you know what would it cost to advertise on your page I think it was like a thousand dollars a post I think is huh. what we paid and I believe we did three or four with her and and we did I mean we planned it out I went back and forth with her like obviously you do all these bikini half naked photos like it like how do you Pod, share a podcast mm-hmm. so you know she did a really good job like she had this sexy shot of her laying on the bed and like she had her ipad open and it was like zoomed in on mind pump and everything and so she was listening to mind pump laying on her bed also cool. mm-hmm. so i was like okay this is brilliant like, this is a great idea so we were and that was actually the first i believe we did that first or after i don't remember if we did that before or after no, but we did that after but it was like the first bit of like real money that we were going to spend on advertising yeah. like we were now spending thousands we got on, zero we got zero zero well, that's, Zero listens that's when that. we realized yeah. that the amount of followers that you have doesn't mean shit. 100%. It's about your influence. Yeah. And that's when we learned that. For like 2.5 million followers, yeah. we got nothing. Yeah. We felt yeah. nothing. We were like, that. well, a half a percent is what no we should have felt. Like, well, that's the thing is like, it's actually kind of sad, but a lot of like brands do that with girls and like the Instagram girls because you see 2.5 and you see this girl and you're like, she's kind of fitness because she has a nice ass and a nice body. But like people aren't, this is the thing is people follow certain accounts to buy. People follow certain accounts for advice people call follow certain accounts for whatever like people follow her ass account just to see an ass photo that's right, yeah. right. her caption is yeah. longer than like at the beach people are out you no, know like right. they don't fucking read that no, you're right. and it's unfortunate but like that's the thing is there's accounts that have a hundred thousand that i follow it's like everything that she says i'm like i'm gonna take that as a tip right. and i'm gonna take that as right. a wellness advice and right. buy it whatever people don't come to almost 30 for like tips right now they come to like laugh or to connect or whatever but with her it's unfortunate but you find that out it's like people aren't going to her account and for this, this is we talk about this when people are building a social media business it's like okay uh do you want people do you just want followers exactly or do you want i always impact. say i'm like why people are always like i need more followers i'm like i literally ask them to their face i'm like why right why do you need more followers you could literally make tons of fucking money without followers right and that's the thing even our our managers and it's almost like we have to and maybe you guys yeah too where we have to educate not only like if anyone represents us or brands to the fact that like engagement is key Mm -hmm. and like the micro influencers have 
just as much influence in certain spaces as these macro ones because they are so engaged. I mean, we had a conversation with like someone on our management team and they're like, yeah, we really got to we got to work on your following. It's like, oh and we're like, God. got it. But got like, it. why? No, you know, and they're like, because this brand isn't going to look at you because you only have, you know, 75,000 followers. And I'm like, but are but have they looked at like, have they listened to the podcast? Ha- have they tapped into our community and seen how engaged they are? Like, it's only a numbers game for certain brands. And at the end of the day, I'm like. I don't really. Well, they'll learn. We just, I I just talked about this in an interview I did recently that we're in the middle of uh, a shift in that right now. We just five, six years ago, uh, big brands weren't even aware of like Instagram. And if they were, it was more like this. It was like, okay, we're Pepsi or Coca-Cola. We're this massive company. We understand social media is important. So let's, you know, here's throw a couple million dollars over here, build a page out, make it look cool. And that's all it is, right? It's just, it's just a mirror, everything else where if you actually have some real engagement, like you're saying, there's a lot of power to that. So companies now, okay, okay, we figured it out. You have to be on social. Okay, so what's the next thing to do? Let's go find these people that have massive followings. What they're starting to find out though is exactly that, is that, okay, just because you have 2 million followers, Mm -hmm. if you don't have real engagement, if these people aren't coming to learn or get advice from you, then you advising them to go buy a product is is worthless. They're not gonna. No one's gonna go buy it's, it. It's much yeah. more. It's much more surgical than the old uh, way of working with advertisement, where it was kind of this big nuke bomb, and we're trying to cover as many people as possible. It's much more surgical today. So, like, if you're a hotel, for example, and you want to attract more visitors to your hotel, then what you want to do is you want to find a micro influencer who has a lot of influence, and her page or his page has to do with travel. Has to do with those are the people that are going to yeah. drive people over, not just the, again the you know the the, the butt model the who's numbers. got exactly the big numbers. Nobody's going to care. Nobody cares what she has to say or what he has yeah. to say, and, and you know their influence. They have no influence. And that's the thing too is like as a blogger, like I blogged before this and I still do sometimes, but it's like I've been to tons of events with like influencers that have you know, 300K that have 25K that have a million and the number, like how much, th- this is the thing that's important to me is reach impact me being myself, but also making money. Like I, if my podcast, if I look at another podcast that has 150,000, which is double ours, they may not be making as much money as me. Right, right. Because right. I'm thinking more about the business and I'm mm-hmm. thinking more about strategic ways to like earn money rather than like having fucking 10,000 more mm-hmm. followers. Right. What's more important to me is like me being smart about my business mm-hmm. and making money. Right. Plus, mm-hmm. the, the, here's the other side of it. I think a lot of people want fame and notoriety because it feeds into their ego and maybe yes. it gives them a little bit of self-worth. <coughs> I, for me, that's the necessary evil. I don't even enjoy... I, I enjoy seeing the, the, the benefits mm-hmm. of, okay, okay, I'm actually reaching people and we're making a good impact. But that's I, I would hate to have that without the value behind it because do you really want to be recognized wherever you go? Do you really want to have millions of people know totally. what you look like and what you're doing if it's not providing any value and you're not getting anything for it other than your own self-worth, you know, which is fleeting, Could you know, and you see more. so many people doing that. I think it's... There, it, I think things are starting to shift, and I think a lot of companies and brands are starting to realize that as well. Because, like with us, when we work with our sponsors, you know, we convert higher than podcasts that are four or five times our size because of the influence that we've created with our audience. And I think brands are starting to see that. So, and they trust you. Yeah. yeah. So, what are the mistakes that you guys have made? Talk about some of the big ones that you. Let's you guys see. advertise on porn 
We actually did a porn. We're like, hey guys, come check this out. You did a sex tape. It's amazing. Tried the sex tape angle. Yeah. So we were like, we're desperate. This worked for Paris. Let's see if this will work for us. See, guys, I told you there's another level. Literally, it was actually my mom that set it up. Um. Yeah, Sorry, that was hot. Yeah, we've we've done a lot. I mean, it's just been like a learning process throughout. There hasn't been any like nonstops. It's been like our branding at the beginning was real whack. It was like us in these like wacky costumes. Our intro was we were like, like in a like bikini with like a track kill jacket me, and then kill like a me. chain and then like I don't. Even it was like Run DMC wow. type. Yeah, of honestly, <laughs> truly, truly, <laughs> do not Google old school. We, we're trying to figure out how to get it off Google because people will still <laughs> grab that photo <laughs> and use oh, it. We, to, yes, without yes, our permission, people there's use, a picture of us floating around. I want to delete. What is the deal? I'm like wearing glasses. Everybody uses it face. too because it pops up because it's been used so many times. Oh, oh it's dude. terrible. Dude, yeah, I've, we've actually been in t- contact with Google. We're like, we need to remove these. <laughs> what are people so doing? If you figure it out, let us know. They're so corny. This is us on because. To your point about like the notoriety thing, you know, we would much rather, obviously we love being out there and meeting people, but like the quote unquote fame thing is not something we're like drooling about, right? So when we have to kind of do those types of things, which is like photo shoots and get ready for this and that, we are like grade A, never ready Mm -hmm. and never prepared for that stuff. So, you know, we'll have a photo shoot and we'll think we're like kind of preparing and then we'll show up looking like fucking clowns. Like we're like, let's go go natural. Let's go like white t-shirt and just like super, you know, like whatever neutral. And we'll come wearing sequence jackets and like red lips. We're like, I thought you. (laughs) But that's what's hard being two girls. It's like, we literally say, I'm like 90% of what we do is corny. I'm like, yo, our life is corniness. Because you have to take photos and we're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like we literally live live our lives corny. There wasn't something that happened that was a mistake that I actually said, and I was like, "Oh, this is one of our things that we're going to talk about as like a huge problem that we had, or like mm. an issue that we had." Um, I know the music on our first intro was copyright infringement, oh. so that was a big problem mm-hmm. for us. Um, Did you guys get like a letter, cease and desist? We no. got we got nailed for uh, the first website we ever did. We, we the 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 developer actually was pulling stock images oh, off the fuck. and yeah. it was like some other fitness girl yeah. and she uh, like came after all of us really hard yeah. and we were like what the fuck and so of course we were pissed we were pissed at the person that we hired who went and did that right right like I mean we're paying you to do that job like that should be like 101 you don't go fucking steal images or whatever right yeah, yeah so that was a that was a mistake we made. That was a headache that we had to deal yeah, with. Yeah, it's a headache. It's yeah. always it's always happens. That yeah, because and of course she's like one of those chicks that wanted to. And then she blasted it on her social media to try and make us look bad, like we were like intentionally right. stealing. We're like, How does that make you feel in the moment? Because sometimes you know we very that rarely gets to me. have that, so, but when it comes up, like it, it'll take us out for it's, a whole day. It's yeah. a really good it's a really good question actually, and. Our marketing uh, team always talks to us. Uh, Casey, who heads that up, is always reminding us, like, don't pick up the brick is what he says. Uh, and it's right. It's like you initially you want to fire and you want to be like, fuck you. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you don't. You take the high road. You just leave it. You leave it alone. You leave it alone and yeah. you don't engage on something like that. And what's cool now, and I know you guys have the same thing. You've built such a strong community that what ends up happening is after she tries to smear like that, 
30, 40 of our people end up coming over there and being like, if I guarantee these guys didn't do this on purpose. If you know them, that's not yeah. their style to do that. And we did. We solved it within 24 hours. This, it was pulled this down. This actually and, brings up a good topic. Like, How do you guys deal with uh, the criticisms and stuff? Because media, new media in particular, is can be brutal. I know. How do you guys, like, what, what are some of the negative things that you guys have heard? How do you deal with that? Um, yeah. So recently, you know, we have guests on our show. So for uh, us to manage, you know, the histories of our guests, mm. what they do on their own time and then their own brands, we cannot we cannot do enough research to like make sure everyone is squeaky clean. Mm. And, you know, nothing's been so crazy that we've, you know, yeah, had Harvey to do Weinstein episode yeah, never got the, released. Yeah. So <laughs> for real. Uh, so we're good. <laughs> but, you know, but our girls, I think because they care so much, because also people want to be heard and engage in conversation, which I think is beautiful, like they will bring this up and they will dig and find some things about people and say, why did you have this person on? They did this. And, and, it's just a fine line because mm. what why we're bringing them on is because of the good that they're doing and one we always want we want to be forgiven and given the chance to evolve and change if we were to do anything quote unquote bad do you guys address it then on the show and be like hey we had so and so on the show mm. some of you guys said this stuff do you guys bring it up or do you guys um so it it lives mainly in our secret Facebook group, so we have about eleven thousand people in there, and and so they'll bring it up in there, and yes, we've like we've responded to things like that there. Um, bringing it up on the show, we we could we could. I mean, I got called out actually for talking about like cancel culture, talking oh, about yeah. like can't what's that? It's like how just like people do one thing and people are like canceled, like people just go after them. And then the way that people go after someone is almost crueler than what they've done. So, like, if someone does something bad, say someone was to say something bad about a particular group of people in the press, people respond and people be like, you should die. All your family should die. All your kids should Mm -hmm. die. All that stuff. So sometimes it's almost like the response is more intense and more cruel than the actual Mm. act itself. So I was talking a lot about how I think that's a big problem in our society and all of these things. And, you know, I've even been called out for saying like, you can't silence us and all this kind of stuff. So... I mean, I have a really hard time with it, to be honest. I don't really, I can't really, yeah. it's hard for me to take it. And that's something that I'm really working on this year is to be better about that because that could be a hindrance from our growth. You know, if I don't have the ability to like close off my um, my energy to allowing that kind of stuff to affect me, because that's really important for me to stay, you know, myself. You yeah, the mean? bigger you get mm-hmm. too, the more yeah, the more bigger the bigger those things will happen. Because you know the the current trend in climate is like, oh, I found this tweet from two thousand and six exactly. where you said I mean, what's happening? this phrase, which which was perfectly acceptable in two thousand and six, but today has now been decided that you can't say that you can't do that, and they'll hold it to you, and then it'll they'll, like with the pitchforks and the whatever. And I mean, our approach has always been whatever. Fuck you. We'll say whatever we want. And it's kind of helped us be a little bit bulletproof in that sense. Mm-hmm. Are you guys, how, how does your audience respond with that? How do you feel with, with that kind of stuff? Do you guys say like whatever or? Yeah, we're, we're navigating that right now. And I, the the hesitation I have with saying whatever is I, I want them to know that we care and that we hear them, mm-hmm. you sure. know? So 
So we want to respond, but I also don't want to give it a lot of energy because we knew our we know our intention and sure. everything that mm-hmm. we do, and that we try to do our best with everything that we do. And, but we also say on the other side of that that we're always learning and we are always open to receiving, you know, that feedback, evaluating it. Does it apply? Mm-hmm. Can we learn from it? Great. If not then we can kind of deflect it. Do you think it's gone too far now with the current culture where people are just offended for, yeah. or they're looking for reasons to... Well, this is the thing. It's like, so I'm like a huge conspiracy theorist person and I like feel like I, when I'm thinking about the way that our, that our culture goes to um, attacking and to calling people out and stuff, it's just a way to segregate us more and it's just a way to keep people from communicating and keep mm-hmm. people from talking. Absolutely. So that's essentially like perpetuating the agenda that people say that they don't want because you're now not, people are now afraid to talk. People are now afraid to say anything. And I'm not saying that it's okay for someone that's like, you know, uh, just in a like very, a very particular type of group to, to speak. But I'm just saying that like, it's important that we do continue communication and like people need to be more forgiving and accepting of people along the process. Like we should be able to talk and say something, even if it's not completely perfect so we can learn like what is right? Yeah, si- silencing <laughs> silencing people is, uh, is, I think, a terrible thing. I think if you battle them with your ideas, uh, if you don't like their ideas, then then go ahead and have your own ideas. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing right now is comedians. <coughs> yeah. Now, now for the, people don't realize this with the history of, of comedy, uh, like with, like the court jester, for example, you can call those the the first professional comedians, right? They were the only ones that could make fun of the king. And they, people knew that when the jester got killed, that they were dealing with a tyrant. They knew that when the king couldn't take a joke from the, cause that was the, that's what that guy was there for. He was there mm-hmm. to lighten things up, make fun of the king, call things out, make political jokes. They were really the ones that had that kind of free speech and people knew when something happened to the jester, oh shit, we're dealing with a, a, a real tyrant. Comedians forever have been the ones to say the shit that we're not supposed to be able to say, but say in a way that it's comedy, but also has some power behind it. They were able to make political jokes, racial jokes, sexual jokes, whatever. And but in a way where it's like political commentary and they were able to get away with it because it's comedy. And this has been history of comedy forever. Now you got comedians who are getting banned from colleges. It's the purest form of social commentary. It's so necessary yeah, that's so true. for people to, you know, see through a different lens and, and that's such a better way to to present it to people, to, yes. to 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 show them like where we may be sort of, you know, falling short and uh to, to stifle that is really alarming to me. And yeah. that's that's where I get like paranoid. Yeah, sure. I, I listened to a a podcast where there was a, a gentleman who he he worked in the espionage world of social media and what you have and you would talk about conspiracy yo i you yo. have other countries who all about it will go in and stoke the fire yeah. just to separate people and so and you know and you also see both political parties doing this so you'll get like a crazy tweet from the liberal left that is just so most people think is absolutely insane and then what the right will do is they'll promote it to make the left look crazy and fire up the right. Yep. Yeah. Then the left gets fired up to try to defend it and it creates more division. And I think that's kind of, it's permeating the whole culture. And so with new media, it's it's one of those things. It's like, what do you do, tiptoe? Because you're going to step on a bomb or you just say, this is just how it is and you keep going. And what it's, what ends up happening is you, you either end up with people who are so afraid to say anything that everything they say is perfectly 
you know, manicured, or you get people like Donald Trump who will just say the most terrible whatever shit and say, I don't care. So that's what we're starting to deal with. It's kind of an interesting. I also space. don't no, think. I, I also don't think it's your guys' responsibility to have to go and vet the fuck out of somebody just because you have no. them on your podcast. Yeah. I'm here to interview yeah, and entertain, exactly. and I, there's plenty. We've had what fucking 400 guests, I think. Now we've had on the show like ridiculous amount, and you know at least a hundred I don't like. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, and I got no. Fucking, they don't come back. Right, I got no. I got no. I got no problem saying that. Like it's I. We brought them on the show because there was something that they had to say that we wanted to put out there and whether that means put it out there so we could disagree with it and have conversation around it or just be entertained by it right. or whatever it doesn't fucking matter that's not my job my job is to bring things that are interesting to hear about and I don't give a fuck what this guy did 10 years ago or what he may right. do 5 years later I'm not putting my stamp on him because he's been on, the, on my podcast yeah. like get the fuck out of here have you that. guys had any 100%. controversial uh, podcasts like that where you brought a guest on knowing that you guys disagree on certain things I'm trying to think of people that we've disagreed with. We've definitely had contra. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One uh -huh. comes it's, hard. To it's hard to even talk about as controversial. And that's the thing is like nowadays, I am so careful like I feel like I have to be so careful because there's one guest in particular I'm thinking about that's pretty controversial that I don't even feel comfortable saying anything about because of the topic and it's like because no matter what I say it can be like cured as something but I also and we've been talking about this uh, a bit recently where like the actual fear of that is bringing more of the oh, 100%. Yeah. commentary so so I do think you know we're working on personally being able to talk about it more and being you know, maybe not saying it the right way all the time, but being okay with saying I'm learning. Like I might not be right. perfect mm -hmm. to how I explain this. Um, is this show still up? Did you guys yeah. take yeah. it down? Everything's still yeah. up. Yeah, it is. But you're wow, and you're no. Afraid. It's just like a for a personal disagreement, and it wasn't like it wasn't awkward on the part. Like we are, I'm too nice to be like a mm. little. I have. I don't think I've been. Um, like questioning or controversial with anyone as a guest right now, mm. but I think, so far. but I think what it brought up recently with us, um, some recent guests where, you know, there have been media, media has written about them yeah. and what has happened. And it's such a one-sided thing. Yep. And we, we know because we know them personally, the other side of it. Mm -hmm. So it's just an interesting thing where I want to talk to our girls about like, Hey, when you hear a story and you read it in the fucking New York Times or New York Post or whatever, like let's uh, let's all assume that there is another side to this story. You know what I mean? Because there's just so many layers and so many an employee could have had something against that person and they wanted to, you know, bash them publicly like you just never know yeah. so I, I i'm struggling just to how do you have that conversation with them yeah. and educate them a wise a wise man once said believe half of what you see and nothing that you hear literally yeah, yeah. and it, i don't trust the media at all like yeah, you know truly. knowing what you said and then mm -hmm. you know amazon owns the media like everyone owns the media so i don't trust the media so when i read something i take it with a huge fucking grain of salt yeah so for us to and for us to have to explain someone else's actions hi not my job yeah i'm not going to speak for anyone else it's not my responsibility of course we're going to make sure that everyone that we bring to the table for the podcast is important and impactful and someone that we believe in but like 
I actually think it's bullshit when someone like, and I'm not going to like cancel someone or like be like, yo, you're done and, and shame them. I don't Good. even think it needs to go that far. I bring people on the show that need to be, I, I think is an interesting conversation. Yes. Yes. That's it. It ends so, right yeah. there. It's yeah. like, I'm not saying, I'm not even saying they're going to bring something valuable. I think it's an interesting conversation. We'll find out what the fuck happens. Totally. Yeah. You know, it's a, having that approach versus. There's a normal, there's a normal self-censorship that happens with everyday conversation with people like, you know, if you're talking to certain people, like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust my language a little bit so I don't offend this person and this person I don't know him as well or whatever. And that's normal. But I think what's happening with the with, with the way media is and the way the culture is kind of moving is you start to feel muzzled all the time to the point where you have a show that's already up, it's up, it's aired, and you right now are feeling muzzled to even talk about a show that's still up. How does that feel? Does that feel like like it's hard? Yeah, and I have a hard time with it because and too like my personality is like very you know I say stuff that like is not appropriate most times. So it's like. Not most times, but like sometimes. And the way I joke is like very inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to to deal with that. And it's hard for me to be myself all the time. And that's, but that's the, the beauty, that's what people come for is mm -hmm. for me to be myself. And that's yes. why they fell in love with the podcast. So I'm having a hard time with it and I'm having to work through it. But like Lindsay said, like I'm working on my energetics of like, I don't give a fuck of being completely, I don't give a fuck and standing in my, I don't give a fuck about what anyone says because I know the truth. And the truth is, is that like, I'm doing everything I can. I'm, I'm who I should be. I am, I am learning and I'm growing and I'm, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I'm just working on that energy, but it's, it's a challenge and, but it's what I signed up for to mm -hmm. be completely honest. This is the world that I'm in. And this is like the cross that I bear. <laughs> <laughs> Your audience is largely female. Yes. Yeah. Do you, do you think that, that like 80, 20, do you think that makes a difference in terms of, uh, do you think it makes a difference? Like I love y'all. I love y'all girl power for life, but girls are so hard on other girls yeah, yeah. it's yeah. in fucking sane. and we try to set the tone like that and, and i think what's happening now like you know with the recent thing that happened <laughs> it's like it is it's an opportunity for us to really set the tone like yeah. how we deal <clears throat> with this and and set the standard for like you know not not criticizing everything a successful woman yep. does mm. because you set them at this like super high standard because they're supposed to be paving the way and it's like the beautiful thing about anyone paving the way whether they're male female them they whatever is that like they are going to make human mistakes along the way and that's how we can relate and they can become expanders for us yeah. and we can say ah oh, I can do that one day because I've made mistakes like that before we were but just, we still prevail. We were just talking about this the the halo effect right that that we have with, it's we see this a lot it's super common in like athletes look we just had Tiger Woods won the Masters yeah. and the dude is is uh, widely hated now because of what he did in his yeah. which I always find it really ironic that we think that somebody who's become fucking super amazing <laughs> at something probably doesn't have a lot of other aspects of their life out of balance. In fact, uh, it's more often than not that way. What made you so amazing at something was that you were fanatical about it to yes. the point that you sacrifice much of the rest of your life mm -hmm. to be amazing at this thing. And so we praise and we worship this aspect of their life. And then we think because that's so amazing that all other aspects of their life is too. Like, no, it doesn't work that's that so way. Yes. We don't We don't have the human capabilities to be. If you're going to be so fucking bad 
fat ass at this t- said topic that you're on my show talking about, I already assume that you're probably out of balance somewhere else. Well, it's, yeah. it's like when Leonardo DiCaprio's preaching about like climate change, and was like, "Oh, it's Leonardo. Listen to him, and he's flying around on his jet, and he's you know spewing out." Yeah. Okay. it's that that that's the halo effect that I think you know Adam's uh, referring mm-hmm. to. But you yeah. know, as far as the female audience is concerned, I mean, statistically speaking. Women are the the largest consumers in uh, in the country, right? Like, if you want to cater to an audience and you have a business that caters to an audience, yeah, you got to win over the female audience female. because they're they're the ones that make most most of the purchasing decisions yes. in the home. They're also the most loyal. So, like, <laughs> men are typically, and this is stereo. This is a this is a, a general thing. Of course, it breaks down on the individual, but men tend to not be as um, as loyal to brands or as loyal to certain companies as women, whereas a woman will say she'll go out of her way to purchase a product from a company she has always worked with. Whereas guys are like, because the marketing makes an emotional connection with women. Mm-hmm. It, it, it could it could be that, and just who knows what the, yeah. it could be evolutionary. It could be that who knows? But uh, then you're, evolutionary. But, that's interesting. Yeah, well, it could be right. Um, but you're also saying that it's also there's also some potential challenges because women tend to be harder on each other. Why do you guys think women? Because I've examined that. I've seen situations where women uh, will will just be like the whole slut shaming thing. Yeah. I don't know a lot of guys that do that. I know a lot of women that do that. Yeah. What's the What's the deal? What, what, what do you think that is? Well, that's the thing is like being in this industry. It's like like I see all guys and like being friends with guys and like Justin, any guy that I've dated, it's like they'll always have friends that they're like, oh yeah, Billy's crazy. Like he fucked my wife, but whatever. You know, guys are just like, guys like are just oh, like, Billy. Yeah, they're like, he's cool. And he, they're like, he's cool, whatever. And they don't care. And it's just crazy. Like girls will be like, yeah, she, you know, like stole my shirt one night to go out. And so I'm not friends with her anymore. It's just like a, a weird thing about girls that like we are so much harder. And especially being women in the wellness space, like <laughs> the standard for us is so much higher mm-hmm. and maybe it is evolutionary where like one man would be with a bunch of women and so they're vying for attention to like be able to procreate or something like that but I just know that the um it can only start with us I guess and yeah. us trying to set the standard that like we aren't perfect we need to be forgiving and we need to let people grow we need to let people mm-hmm. evolve because I want people to do that for me so I'm going to do that for other people this is the me- and you guys I think this is one of the reasons why your your fans are so uh, fanatical why they why they like you guys so much is this is a message that you guys seem to be authentic I hear the message a lot yeah. but I don't mm-hmm. see too many authentic people delivering that message did you guys start out your podcast with a particular goal and then it morph into something else or has it become what you th- what you thought it was going to become mm. yeah we we started out um when we were actually almost 30 we're 31 now but you know we were going through our saturn return if you're into that woo woo stuff as we are but you know a lot of things were happening and changing and we were kind of faced with this time in our life where we were choosing like what we really wanted to do like what lit us up who lit us up, you know, just kind of thinking about those things um, more deeply. And um, so we just started with the conversation. We were super corny in the beginning. Like we had segments like 20s us, 30s us talking about like, you know, shit that we did in our 20s and now like what we're looking forward to in our 30s. Did you think it was going to be a business or was it just like we're going to have fun? No, not at all. We were on our closet floors like just. I mean, definitely playing. not because we're 31. Honestly, so like we so definitely didn't it, think. Naming it almost 30. It was going to be part. anything. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Cross that bridge. 40. That's how far I thought it was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> then once, you know, Krista is so, you know, business minded and, um, you know, for me, like the creative part of it was just pulling me so hard that like 
we we just showed up without even thinking and and soon after i mean even just 6 months in we started making money so um you know it was it just came from us it came from a time in our life that was happening in real time we were learning and that's the whole thing is we're re- learning right along with our audience and i think that's why um, we've become so successful because we don't claim to be experts and gurus. You know, we try to bring people on to have these conversations so we can learn. Um, but now we're learning that the experts and gurus are humans too. You know, yeah. like we have yeah. to be so, so forgiving. But just to like kind of close the loop on women supporting women too, I just think, you know, what we try to do as hosts and as quote unquote leaders of this community is it really does start with us. Like we are doing the work every day whether it's in therapy meditation healings like whatever it is we are really committed to the work we need to do on ourselves in order to show up as our best selves and i think sometimes when women are are you know being hard on other women it's because they're neglecting to do their own work and i i know on days when i'm feeling a yeah. little bit empty or feeling like i haven't given myself some love or reflection whatever it is i'm like scrolling instagram and i'm like what the fuck like how mm. the fuck did she get that deal what that you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but then the next day i'll be like oh my god good for her that's fucking amazing like yeah. you just you just know i notice that when i'm taking care of myself and i'm doing the work that i am so much more supportive of every human yeah yeah, yeah. as you guys have been like talking about yourselves and being really open and honest with uh, you know your audience about your process uh, how's that been relationship wise? Mm. You know, have you guys been able to handle that? <laughs> well, <laughs> sip, sips tea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually just had a situation where um, she'll never listen. So my mom's getting remarried and I met my new dad a few weeks ago and he's interesting. He's like an old perv. Like he's just like, do you know what I mean? Like he just like has his weird jokes that are like really off color and like odd. And it just was like, kind of guy. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, so normally I'm down, but it was just very weird delivering and very weird. It's the first time he's meeting you. First time he's meeting me and just like saying weird ass shit. Like what? What'd he say? So like, yeah, I want to know. Who's the one um, football player that was like uh, Christian? Cap. Oh, oh. With the Broncos? Tebow. Tebow. Yeah, yeah. So we're like chilling there, and he's like literally out of the blue. He, we're talking about Tim Tebow somehow. Bless. Who knows how we got there? Me and Justin, my boyfriend, and he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you know, Tim Tebow's saving it for marriage. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know, well, have you seen his new girlfriend? I'm like, no. And he's like, she's a Miss Universe. I'm like, mean zero to me. And he's like, yeah, and if I had a girlfriend like that, I don't know if I'd be able to save it until marriage. And I'm like, oh. My, <laughs> my head's going to explode. <laughs> no, literally. I'm like, eh. All right, dude, calm down. <laughs> no, it's just like one of like, he also too, we're from, from Ohio. And he's like, yeah, you know, one thing I noticed about these L.A. girls is not a lot of them have their original parts. You're not selling it that he's like, I know, I feel like, I like that. These are, okay, you guys. These are very normal okay, observations. Also, <laughs> and he listens to Mind Pump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like an honest guy. It's also all about the delivery. If you're like not. No, right. you're right. Yeah, Literally, yeah, yeah. he's like they don't have their original parts and you're not smiling and laughing. Like, you know what I mean? So I I talked a lot about that on the podcast and 
uh, my mom listened and we haven't talked in three weeks. So oh, no. I know I apologized in like text and stuff and you know, everything like that. But that's something that I have a hard time with is like for my relationship, my personal relationship with Justin, who I've been with for six years, I don't share much to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, all, all of it's good, you know, with us, I'm so, so happy and everything mm. like that, but he is very personal and I need to be respectful of the fact that he is very sorry he's very private Mm -hmm. and you know we had conversations early on in our relationship that he's like it's important to me that you keep our relationship private and just with us and I'd love if you respect that so where I do tell little things about us I really don't don't share you know much Mm -hmm. I I would like to share more but um, I'm respectful of that and it's great it communicated that to you yeah yeah Yeah. Mm, probably you heard something yeah (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't just like prompted (laughs) (laughs) I know you it was I'm like so Justin was about to finish last night and then (laughs) 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 he's like can you please and I'm like get me Uh, the glasses I'm I'm so into clowns literally I'm uh, I if you're dating (laughs) me you have to be okay with the fact that I'm gonna just because I am such a big mouth it was the last straw on the camel's back for my marriage. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was one of the reasons. It was a lot. I mean, we were going to, we were on that path anyway. Right. But it was the last straw because I just, when I start talking, I'll just start talking. You ask me anything, I'm going to tell you. I know. And luckily the girl I'm dating, you know, I'm with now, um, you know, very much in love and very, very serious. And she's like, did you tell him about the time we did? You know, you should tell him. I'm like, babe. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I love that. that it's like, so interesting. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing too, is if you're unhappy, the stuff you're going to say, it's going to make someone uncomfortable. Right. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And sure. like, if I was unhappy, it would be like, you know, yeah. it's really hard when guys mm. are just always blah, 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 you know? But mm. so everything I say is positive because that's how I feel. But yeah, the sex stuff, he's very like... <laughs> and we've learned over time. I think in the beginning, like, oh, yeah. we've shared about family. Like if I'm dating someone I've shared and I've just learned just energetically, like not to put it out there as soon as I was putting it out there. Oh, sure. Because like, honestly, we get on the air and we're like, obviously we're best friends. So we're just chatting like we're, as we do. And I feel like our community is like our friends. So it yeah. does feel so comfortable. And like there's this, it's a double-edged sword where like, you know, I'll talk about, have my solo episode about the sacredness of being single and like talking all about that. And then I'm like, fuck, like what's going to happen when I'm in a relationship? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where, like, how are they going to take that? And and how much do I share about mm-hmm. that? Because of the fact that this single time in my life has been important to the community too, mm-hmm. those of them who relate So, um, I don't know. We're just kind of like figuring it out as we go. But I think as it relates to like romantic relationships, erring on the side of private, at least in the beginning is going to be, I think that's a smart, I think it's a smart strike. We're all very careful about that. I I only, I try, I keep my, I don't, I don't, my kids very private. I I, I talk about them, but I don't even use their names and I don't talk about them. Very, very private. The only thing of this, I think the stories that I try and share, because Katrina is very private. She has no social media. Like I keep her off. Although ironically, the last few posts I've had her in, right. Mm. And we're about her. But I, for the most part, I keep uh, most of that. I, and I think it's more, even more so than respecting her privacy. It's that I, there's something, that, there's a part of me because my whole life is public that I want. That's to, that I feel like is just mine. I like I share everything, so there is a part of me that's like, well, I want to have something that I keep that I feel 100%. like is only mine. Yeah, so, he never takes pictures of the furry conventions he goes to. Yeah. I know, I know. Or invites us. But I, I do. He's a raccoon, everybody. But I do. I do think there is a lot of value in because Katrina and I, I think have an incredible. We've been together for eight years, and uh, you know, tons of growth in those eight years. And so I do like to share 
uh, growth moments in our relationship. Yeah. You know, I.e., yeah, like I when agree. we did the reread the mm-hmm. you know Sex at Dawn book together, and that was challenging to read it together. But the what we got out of it, I think there was lots of lessons in that. So when I find there's moments in our relationship that I that I grew from or that were challenging for me, I typically like to and I typically like to lead and share the ones where I'm the asshole or I fucking learned like yeah. the lesson versus putting her on front street <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yesterday she was a bitch. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I want to talk about when your girlfriend's a big old bitch. Right. <laughs> I, I, so I think that's part of the strategy, right? If you're the one who's in control, you're on the podcast, you're leading, you're talking about your partner. It's like, okay, I'm going to share the stories that make me the asshole because I can get myself out of this yeah. versus yeah. she doesn't have a mic to get herself out of it. Yeah. So I'll, so true. I'll always totally. present her and I'll always try to present her in that mm-hmm. light. And so far it's been really, uh, really good. She, she didn't like me at the very beginning of the podcast. Cause when we first started, I was kind of like the, 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 the bro single guy. Like I was mm-hmm. kind of that character yeah, I feel uh, that. was bodybuilding like crazy. All my pictures were with no shirt off and mm-hmm. you know, we, I wasn't posting or talking about her. So people referred to me or thought of me as the single guy, even though I wasn't. And so I know that wasn't like the best ever, but the thing that, I mean, we didn't have any problems over it. I mean, she didn't have, she, she's never cared enough about this, this whole thing to allow it to affect our growth and our relationship mm. and a lot of our audience I think really appreciates when we do share the the wife stories mm-hmm. or the stories oh, with our yeah. relationship where we learned yeah. where we grew and we learned from something it's I also therapeutic mm-hmm. it's also therapeutic yeah. for me personally it's you know a little bit selfish you know sharing those things I find I grow from them speaking of dating do you guys ever talk about the challenges or the potential challenges of being successful confident uh, you know, women uh, and then trying yeah. to also find, a, a, you know, to date a guy who is comfortable with the fact that you're successful and confident and doing all those things. You guys ever talk about that? Because I've heard other, I used to train a lot of doctors and, and a few of my clients were women and they used to tell me it was hard for them to find I, men because yeah. they're successful surgeons or whatever. And guys may be intimidated by that. I think too, like that a lot of and I'm kind of realizing this now is like, it is challenging for sure. You know, I've seen, I have the most beautiful, cool friends in the world who, you know, have a hard time. But also I feel like a lot of women right now are really in their masculine with too much, mm. you know, with, and I'm saying this from experience as someone that, that struggles with that. But like, if you are a surgeon and you're in your masculine all day, like working, you know, and then you kind of take that masculine energy and I, mm-hmm. and I don't mean it as like, you know, going over to a guy's house wearing a skirt being like, hi, take me on a date. But I mean it in like the softness and the ease and like the femininity that like most relationships, if you're looking for a male really desire, it's like you have to kind of ease into it. And I feel like a lot of women, and we've seen this in our community, are taking the masculine energy to dating and it's not really yeah. successful. Mm. This, this, is actually, yeah, this is a really cool this is a really cool topic because of the I think the climate is like it's bec- we've become so I mean we needed this, right? There was a there was a time when women couldn't vote and it wasn't fair. Yeah, yeah. But we've swung so far the other direction that I, I feel like these are some of the the side effects of that. Would you agree? Yeah, what are what are the male and female energies and qualities? Uh, how would you de- de- describe those? Um, I think for the masculine energy, it is like just as it relates to dating, it's like planning things, you know, like taking the lead on whatever that means, whether it's dates or, you know, self-development. Um, and it is coming in kind of with that, you know, more hard energy or aggressiveness. Um, and for me, like I didn't realize that I was bringing a masculine energy into dating with my expectations. 
So like I just had these like hard and fast expectations about, you know, who I wanted to date. And I was kind of holding myself on this pedestal. Not that I think I'm like the shit, but I was like, but I deserve this Mm. and I deserve this. And I wasn't leaving room for, you know, someone to not only see the good things about me, but see the things that like aren't so perfect and for them to love me anyway. Right. So um, I love I love being in my feminine I was, as we found out on the podcast and through some of our guests that I'm living my first lifetime as a woman. I've spent every other lifetime as a boy. Wait, 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 wait. Who did this for you? Uh, a bunch of psychics explain. have told us this. Yeah. Tim we've, we've dated. Yeah, we've dated. Met, she's been, been my dad. dad. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> is that not hilarious? This is wild. It's actually probably four times it's been confirmed. Yeah. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like I, I definitely have that tomboy side of me, but it feels so good. You know, I'm, I'm kind of watching myself now as I like, date people where I just allow myself to be softer to allow them to hold me you know because I'm mm-hmm. I'm complaining about them not stepping up and I'm not giving them room to step up oh I see do you know what I mean I so yeah. oh, and this is this is a conversation so I brought this up my so uh my girl's family is really all the men are really good about like opening the door for the women and mm-hmm. stuff and this was especially the car door and so this was something that I would never would never train myself to be like yeah. this, right? I, one, I didn't have my dad. My dad died when I was seven, yeah. so I didn't have mm-hmm. someone to teach me this. But I'm also somebody who's growth-minded and like, okay, this is a learned behavior I could teach myself to do. And one of the things that we used to always get, I'll never forget her mom like schooling her on it. And she's, my, my girl has very tomboy traits, aggressive, mm-hmm. and she bolts to the car. And I'm like, you want me to run to get to the car to open it? Like, I need you to hold back. And so this was like a thing that we'd go back and forth on this conversation. Her mom had to step in one time and say, honey, you do. You like sprint to the car and then you expect him. You want him to open the door for you, but you beat him to the door every single time. That's a good analogy just for Right. It came to mind when you just said that. That's why I shared it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm definitely learning. Yeah. Um, But then I also want to be able and I just talking about like um, the dependency part of of a relationship Mm -hmm. and how that feels. I'm like averse to that because that feels like too feminine and vulnerable. Sure. Um, Which dependency has like a negative connotation, but being able to be collaborative within a relationship, be independent within a relationship. You, you'd asked about being successful and, Mm -hmm. and, and all of that. And being able to do that while in a relationship, I think, is like one of my greatest lessons. Yeah, because I think, you know, a lot of men like and correct me if I'm wrong. It's like, of course, they want their girl to be successful for her for her happiness. But I don't think a man sees a woman and is like, oh, I want her to be, you know, they could. But like, it's more so like you want her to be like. I don't know, just like warm and comforting and like um, like she laughs a lot and like she's easy to be around and like she's just got that like femininity that really just like makes you feel good and then makes her feel good in turn. Well, well I, 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 t- I gave this example a while ago mm-hmm. where like if there, even if there's a really aggressive, you know, go-getter type classic, you know, masculine male, right? He wants to be able to go home and his girl say and him say, Man, I am so tired. I'm exhausted. Like today was terrible. And he wants to hear her say, "Honey, thank you for doing that. 
you can do it. Go out there and make it happen because I got faith. And then the guy will just. The trust. Holy shit. The energy yeah. I just got from her saying that makes me feel so powerful. Guys That's, love having that trust from women. Yeah. Of yeah. being like, hey, will you pick out where we're going to dinner? Like, or will you pick out what's on the menu? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love if you just, you know what I like, pick out like what's on the menu for me. Oh, right. Basically make us, make our ego. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> look, like literally yeah. uh, one of my gay friends told me, he's like, your job is yeah. to stroke ego all day. Yeah. And I literally <laughs> took that so seriously. I'm like, you're so right. <laughs> but it's really like you're so a, strong. You're so yeah. strong and like you're so beautiful. But like women, it's like I have thousands of women that stroke my ego all day. Do you know what I mean? Like my comments, it's silly yeah. and I don't read it. But it's like you're beautiful. You have cute clothes, whatever. But guys don't really have that. But outside of that, my relationship with Justin has changed so much since I've been able to like tap in more to my feminine energy with him because he doesn't feel as attacked. He doesn't feel as like. Um, you know, belittled by me being like very, cause I used to be very like, all right, this is how it's going to be because you know, I need X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. But that's really a fear mentality when I'm mm. coming at him with demands, when I'm coming at him, not listening from his side or not being kind or warm or like understanding. That's really a fear mentality that I have. That's not going to get the response that I want. So I've learned that like the softer I come with to him, like the softer response I get and the better things are. And it's just been a really beautiful thing to me for me to learn in the past couple years about tapping into my feminine and has got me like better results than anything demanding or being like in my masculine as ever. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And now going along these lines, you guys recently did a, a trip down to Costa Rica and did an ayahuasca yeah. ceremony. Mm-hmm. Had was that the first time you guys ever did anything like that? Yeah. What was that like? Um it was it was incredible. We um went down to Rhythmia in Costa Rica and we did four nights of plant medicine, uh, Monday through Thursday, and each night got a, a bit more intense. Um, Kristen and I, our experience, and I'll let her speak to hers, but was relatively gentle. You know, we, we were going into it thinking we were going to be like purging and shitting our brains out. Like this is, I thought I was going to move and live in a teepee for the rest of my life with dreads. No joke. I was like, I'm I'm done. You guys (laughs) almost 30 is no more. (laughs) Um, but it was, you know, all in all, it was really gentle. Um, and what was so beautiful, we each had our our visions and our own experiences and and what's happening now, they say that 50% of the work is done there. And then through the weeks, months, even years following, you know, the integration is happening. So we've actually experienced a lot of the effects of the journeys like now, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's really fascinating. But what was so beautiful was that we were like the youngest ones there. So we're with about 70 other people in the group, which is wild, oh, huge, wild. Um, and you walk in, you know, for ceremony and there's like be- rows of beds and buckets and, you know, oh, wow. blankets and pillows and whatever. But witnessing the healing of people who are mainly 50s, 60s, 70s. Like coming in with a lifetime of trauma, repression, addiction, you know, depression, anxiety. Like it was the most like for me, the biggest part of my healing was witnessing that. And, um, you know, we would recommend going down there. Anyone who wants to try it. It's a very safe and supportive place to do it for your first time. We could hook you guys up they if you want. Do, yeah, they do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious to know what you guys think about it. Just reading about it. But um you know, the founder, Jared, uh, Gerard Powell, Powell Jerry, um, he's wild and amazing and his story's pretty incredible. And I didn't know what I was going to think of him. I was like, oh, this guy seems fucking wacky and I'm not really sure. 
And I just like we fell in love with him and he's he's completely changed his life life and thousands of others. And was that I'm, the first time yeah. you guys had ever done anything right. like a Any psychedelic? psychedelic like she's that? done psychedelics. Mm. I've never. So I went okay. from zero to 100. But yeah, interesting. I, you know, it's funny. We all had at, in the beginning when we started Mind Pump, we're like, yeah, maybe we'll. But then it, it kind of turned into this like. Trend. trend. Yeah, and, and, I, and I feel like it's being misused. We're, we're so and, anti-trend. And so now, I feel yeah. that. It is being misused. It yeah. is being, but they are the only um, licensed uh, place, retreat, that does ayahuasca. Mm. In no the world. Is, yeah, in the world. They have medical staff on site, and they have integration sessions to help with you. And my thing is, is I agree with you, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it because it felt trendy. But then we had this opportunity to go there with them for free and I was like okay cool like this happened and it was easy and I just think it's a plant you know like so I'm like oh like it's definitely trendy and popular but I'm like it's a plant at its core sure so like the ideas around it and everything that people believe can be whatever but like I know in my heart that this is something of the earth and like it will show me whatever I need to be shown yeah. there's no doubt that it's a uh, that they're powerful tools yeah. it's how those tools are wielded for that sure sometimes I'm like alright come on now like yeah. be careful with that I, I remember who I know Carl Jung said beware of unearned wisdom and we've interviewed I feel that and we've, inter- mm. and we've interviewed uh, you know Paul Check, who's also a shaman and he said, yeah, he goes, it's, it'll show you things, but it's how you use them. And again, you got to beware of that unearned wisdom because that can turn into something quite darker. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think Rhythmia is so good because of the integration sh- sessions, the workshops. I mean, they hold your hand and they tell you to go to everything. You mm. know, we are, that was work that week. That was not vacation. Yeah. We were scheduled almost every hour of the day leading up to ceremony and then the next day. And it really did help, you know, because any people were feeling some things that were not that were dark and they didn't see the light until like the last night of ceremony. So to be kind of floundering and not having that support, I would imagine would be mm. really, really scary and might be dangerous. Interesting. One thing that we talk about a lot on our show is how much we've changed and grown in the short time we've had the show. And, you know, we've been on air for four years, but I feel like. I know I've grown mm. 15 years worth in that four-year period. Yes. And a lot of it having to do with the fact that we constantly are communicating and talking and you can hear yourself. Yeah. What, how much, how different have you guys become since you started? Have you guys gone through that growth period as well? Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think it is. And that's what I say every time. I'm like, I listen to our podcast just to hear myself and like to see it as a growth opportunity to hear when... You know, I have vocal inflection and I shouldn't to hear when Mm. I have fillers, to hear when I'm not in my voice, to hear when I could have asked a question better, you know, to hear when I'm talking and I really didn't have anything to say. So there's just a lot of opportunities that a podcast provides you. And we have, you know, self-help development, wellness people on every week. So that actually has been challenging is kind of filtering out all the messages that we get. And I'm sure for you guys too, it's Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like kind of in a way sometimes in my personal life, I kind of... I'm trying to find better ways to turn off because I'm provided with so much growth every single day. Every conversation about the business is a conversation, almost every, that I've never had before. Decisions mm-hmm. that I've never had to make before. People I'm meeting that I've never you know, met before, never thought I'd meet before. And then I'm doing all these different things. It's almost like I try and find ways to turn off more. And um, I've just grown so much. I don't know. It's just been like, it feel it feels more like a homecoming for me than it it feels like growth, but it feels more like a homecoming. Oh, it's see. more like I'm finally able to be the person that I've wanted to be and to do live the life that I've always dreamed and the life that I really should have before I stopped drinking, partying, you know, 
like not treating my body the right way, not like taking my life seriously. So it's just felt like so good. Mm. It, can, awesome. it can be a little bit like a learning how to do a golf swing and you got like... And that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. And <laughs> you took the analogy right out of my mouth. And I was like... What club we use in boys? And it's like somebody's telling you that your wrist is rolling, your hips are sliding, Sandwich. your elbows flared out, your head's not, you're not looking at the ball. Like you have yeah. all these things. It's like, let me just take one of those things. Yes. And let's just focus on that, get that really honed in. So uh, speaking to that, what's the most recent thing uh, that you got, like recent takeaway that you maybe you've applied to your life now that you're doing differently before that you've picked up on a, a, a recent guest? I have a good oh. one for sex, actually. Oh, oh cool. Sure. Those so are good. Um, it's actually, so when you... Are when you first start to have sex with someone, it's actually when, okay, so this is pretty graphic, but like when he enters you to keep the dick inside you for like the fur for like five to 10 seconds. And it allows like your body, your energetic bodies to connect on a deeper level and allows her to enjoy it more and him to enjoy it much more. So instead of just getting started right away with like the in and out fucking. So it's like put it in, mm. leave it. Yeah, put it in, like kiss, do whatever. Like kind scan of, first. Fi- yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> you pass. <laughs> just put it in and like oh, feel no. it inside of you for like five to All ten right. seconds. Wow. And then. So that was one thing that I really liked. Why aren't you moving? I'm trying not to come. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or you're just yeah, like one, backfire. two, three, four. Um, that's one. And then... Um, that's an interesting tip. That's great. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, I also... And to piggyback off of that, it's, it's understanding the energetics like when you do have sex with someone. So for me, like my my past thing was like, I wanted to have sex as soon as possible so I could see what was up and if we were compatible. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, you know, for, you know, you have sex and then for like two weeks, about two weeks, like I, I was wondering why I was feeling so like, vulnerable and like attached and like kind of crazy and wondering Mm -hmm. why he wasn't texting me like within the next 10 minutes like you know and there is something chemically and energetically that happens you know so being more aware of that and Mm -hmm. also not letting people in who who um don't feel you yet so john this is a past episode but i always remember that with john wineland and he was like staring straight at me he's like don't let anyone in who hasn't isn't feeling you yet and he's like it could happen on the first date Mm-hmm. You could you could really feel that they feel you sure. and, and and I don't mean feel, it's more rare feel. but absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely and, and then he's like but until that happens like you really shouldn't let them in it's because they leave an uh, energetic imprint on you that will take a little bit of time to like scrub yeah. out <laughs> energetically speaking uh, for forever since since the you know the 1960s really. Um, Energetically speaking, women had to be more choosy because we weren't able to separate sex from the potential of pregnancy. And, uh, yeah. and of course, before that, you know, then we had condoms and stuff. But this is, I'm talking about before birth control. Birth control gets invented. And now we have, for the first time ever, effectively separated the act of sex from the potential risk of pregnancy. And that has come with its own major challenges. And so I think a lot of times we're like, oh, we could just have sex and it's fun and we'll enjoy it. And that can be true sometimes. But I think for the most part, uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. And if you seek that more, it's so much more fulfilling. And it's funny saying this as a 40-year-old man because 20-year-old me would have been like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you learn this, I think, later on. It makes a huge difference. I completely agree. Yeah, Yeah, that was a... That was a really good tip. John talked about the love masculine and feminine. You guys should have him on if you haven't. Yeah, sounds John's interesting. Amazing. He's amazing, amazing about relationships and intimacy. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, and there was something too. We are good friends with a Reiki healer. She's like an energy healer, Milana Snow. And when we're doing these tours and we're at these events, you know, with 200 people, whatever, I used to get really tired because I would just be like so energy giving, you know, you're nervous, you're anxious and you want to hug everyone. You want to talk to everyone. You want to make them feel good. And I didn't like allow the receiving of their energy too. Mm. So if someone's going to meet you guys at any of your events or on your tour, they're going to be so excited. Like they have a lot of energy towards you and you want to be able to receive that like in a healthy way. So seeing like the cyclical um, aspect of our energies, me giving them energy, them giving me energy and having it fill me up has been really, really helpful for like me being able to have the endurance for all of our events. Mm -hmm. And then too, like at the end of the night on tour or someone could do this, you know, if they had a big Uh, presentation or something like that where it's I take the energy from my head and bring it all the way down through my feet through the ground and just kind of circulate it so that if I'm really really wired you know if I have a lot of adrenaline from something I'll just try and circulate my energy through my body so that it can just like either leave or like just be pulled down through the ground so that I can relax. Is this like a practice that you do before you Mm -hmm. go and talk? Are there any other practices you guys do before you go out and talk to your your audience? Yeah. We'll Pull my shirt down. Yeah. <laughs> Pull my tits, tits out. We'll meditate. Um, I like to... I'll try and be quiet. Uh, yeah. Be quiet or I have kind of like a music, whether it's 432 hertz or just kind of like more meditation playlists that I have. Um, and she and I will connect before a show just to kind of run through logistics we'll and then just yeah we scissor <laughs> and just before. to uh, <laughs> just we to gotta connect, connect you know what I mean yeah. this, this podcast is finally turning we're my like, direction here what lifetime are we in right now like you my, my dad <laughs> um, yeah Just, Justin and Adam like to wrestle naked <laughs> oh, that's fun get out the yeah, energy well, that's fun. I film it but it's all pent up it's whatever but we're learning that too and I think it'll change for this year for the tour you know when we have live shows and they're more presentational and and all of that. Um, but I was going to say to the um, Lacey Phillips who, you know, we're having mm-hmm. on tour this year, but she talks a lot about shadow and owning, you know, that parts, those parts of you so that it doesn't own, own you. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've just been looking a lot at that recently because I think as, I think I was a little bit um, naive to those parts of me when I was, you know, in my teens and even into college. And now that like we are doing all of this work, we are becoming more successful. It's like those parts of me are so magnified and it's, it's, it's hard not to be ashamed of them. It's hard not to think that, you know, in a partnership, I want to be the best that I can for Krista, best that I can for almost 30, the community. So really looking at those things and, and having like a, a, a really loving, heart when I look at them, like holding them and knowing that they come from my childhood Mm. and, um, yeah, just owning them rather than having them just kind of run my everyday and my every thought. Loving yourself like somebody you care about. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's cheesy, but honestly, no, that's it's a, a very practice. Powerful. It's mm-hmm. like it's very, it's very hard. But then you see, then you like start to notice that people love you no matter what. You're like, oh my mm-hmm. god, like because I love myself no matter what, they love me no matter yeah. what. You know? Yeah. No, I learned that lesson when I had my son. My my mm-hmm. first, he was born, and, uh. and you know, I see him walking around, and he's like a spitting image of me, and I just loved him so unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, like, wait, I can love him unconditionally. He's so much like I am. Why can't I, I be like that with myself? 
I and said that the, the other day. Mm, I was like, I think beautiful. when people have kids, it allows, gives them permission to love themselves more. 100%. And they may not know it, but it's like you're loving that you. You created it. It's you. Absolutely. Like, let's say you're, let's say you're, 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 you stutter, and then you have a child who stutters, and but you love them so much, and you find it almost endearing. Oh, yeah. that's my kid. Then like, oh shit, you can reverse that and flip yes. that on yourself. But then on the flip. Some people hate things that their kids do oh, because yeah. it reminds them. You're of right. I think it could go either direction. Yeah. For me, it was the opposite. Right. Like, yeah. If you're massively insecure, it'll just drive that insecurity. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're somebody who's a little more open to learn and grow, like yourself, like you see it and go, oh, oh, it changed me. Oh, it was shit. it was a yeah. radical, radical shift to, to have it on. Yeah, absolutely. There was one other learning too that I want to talk about. Dan Savage. Do you guys know him? Yeah, love. Uh, yeah, love. Love um, guy. Or love whatever. cast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. He's awesome. He um, is like a leader in the LGBTQ space and. Mm-hmm. Um, he has savage love and all this stuff. And he came on and we talked a lot about monogamy and he talked a lot about how, you know, as we know, humans weren't necessarily meant to be monogamous, Mm -hmm. but when someone is in a long-term relationship and they are in a monogamous relationship, say they're married for 20 years. And if they were to cheat, we like discredit every other part of their relationship. Oh, right. So it's like one night you cheat on someone that shouldn't discredit 20 years of a happy marriage or 20 years of right. a good marriage and how we need to kind of rethink our thought process around cheating and around mm. um, being unfaithful because we're living longer mm. um, and all of these different things. And that really did make me think uh, differently about that and being more forgiving for other people. Yeah, it, it carried um, major potential consequences for most of human history. That's why. So if you're girl cheated on you she would bear a child that wasn't yours and then you would have to expend resources taking care of this child that was and not passing on your genes and then vice versa if he cheated he could potentially not want to help care for me because for a lot of human history men were the protectors and providers and so it carried terrible consequences today it's not really the same thing, but we have a lot of those remnants of uh, of that. Yeah. I think where it comes from. So. Yeah. So looking ahead, like, what's the ultimate vision for Almost Thirty, the brand, the company, the podcast? Like, where would you guys like to see it go, and what would you guys like to see it achieve? Yeah. And what about Almost Ninety? Like, what's that? So sad. You know, Almost Thirty to us is is already in our hearts a, a media company, and we want to be able to empower. Um, other women to first be themselves and from there create the content that, you know, will pour from them organically, make impact, that will support other women, support other human beings, um, that will, you know, help people around the world to feel like they can be themselves as they navigate any transition. So the media umbrella is podcasting um, and any other content. Or events. Events books unscripted like whatever whatever kind of is born from it you know we trust that it'll be the right thing um i think too like no one um like what we're doing is new so you know not until recently people had podcasts that allowed them to do it full time and allowed them to have a team and allowed them to tour so when I think about the future, I think about like what I want and what I want to impact. But like, I don't think what I want to do is necessarily out there yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just like, like working as hard as we can right now to build a sustainable life and business. And then really just like seeing things doors open as they do, because I'm not, you know, it's like when I look at the standard path, it's like agents and, you know, managers and stuff when we were talking to networks and everything would come to us with the same shit. They're like, we're going to get you guys a book deal. I'm like, 
I don't want to write a fucking book. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about a book. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Like, why? Because you've seen it. Like, I don't want to write a book. I don't want to do all these certain things. So it's like, you guys don't know the future. And I'm probably a better predictor than you, even though I don't know it. So like, unless you come to me with some new shit, then like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I like that. Well said. Like that. Well said. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh my God. Thank thanks. You yeah, it's been awesome, it's awesome watching you guys. Really oh, awesome watching you guys grow. So. Yeah, yeah. Always fun you. hanging out with you girls. I know. We, we, love love you. we love you guys. We love right. you. Bye, Thank guys. You. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.